Yeah, I, w- I was feeling good until he mentioned broken people in our church. So, so he asked an old 83-year-old man all busted up with a cane, half deaf, half blind, half crazy, but I'm enjoying being insane. It's Because being insane when you're saved, you're, you're, you're just waiting for Jesus to come, amen? Some golden daybreak. Some golden daybreak. But I really wonder how many Christians are really waiting for Jesus to come. How many? I want to talk to you about the eminency of the last days. I look at my life, 59 years in ministry. I pastored churches in three states. I was an ambassador of Poland taking missionaries over there on three different missionary journeys. I was a chaplain in the city of Parma for over 10 years and as an evangelist, and that's how I come to you this morning as an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. And uh, the days of evangelists are gone. It's usually pastors taking places with pastors, switching churches, good friends, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we need the evangelist to get back and to do the job of an evangelist. And that job mainly is to get people mad at you. No. But to stir up the saints. And I'd like to flood your soul this morning with many, many scriptures as we look at these days that we're living in. It's really not some golden daybreak day we're living in. And I want to show you that in God's Word. You want to take my third leg there, yeah, brother? Here, turn on here. I don't know if it's turned on. Let me see inside there. I don't know. I might need the high chair pretty soon, too. <laughs> there, you there you go. Okay. Wonderful. Back in the old days, I remember holding tent, tent revivals. We didn't have microphones. You had some traveling music. Used to run around and preach and get in people's faces and look at the different expressions and the guilt on the faces so many times. All right, you got Second Timothy up there, so let's let's open our New Testaments to Second Timothy. Now, bear with me. This message has been laid on my heart for many days and many nights. I've never really preached this before, but I think it's a most needed message today for God's kids. And if you're here, you're not one of God's kids. You need to be warned. Things are really rough today. Second Timothy chapter 3. And this know also... Now that's a stop right what you're doing command by the Apostle Paul. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous times, that means dangerous. Uh, Times of beware. Red light goes on. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. 
covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Because if you're any kind of a knowledgeable child of God, you know what the, the day we're living in. Now, Paul preached this in the book of Timothy back then, but it was all preaching about what's now. A lot of times we throw everything back in history, let the dust get on the books. But this is talking about today, talking about the condition of the world, particularly America, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. Know this now, from such, turn away. Today, everyone and anybody and anything is allowed to get into the circle of Christianity. As long as they're sitting in a pew, as long as they're carrying a Bible, as long as they say, I believe, as long as they're religious, as long as they're not shooting their neighbor, we put them all in the same sack. For such, turn away. But you can't do that. You hurt people's feelings. You insult people when you try to be separated. So let's just mingle together. That's the attitude today, ladies and gentlemen. We don't want to hurt no one's feelings. There's preachers like that all over America. They don't want to hurt feelings. Job security. I don't want to get the deacon board mad. I don't want the trustees to start looking at the finances. So I'll just go with the flow. Well, that sounds like a sewer going with the flow. Everything and anything has washed down the drain. From such, turn away. I mean, what's Paul talking about? I mean, that's kind of mean to talk that way, from such, turn away. They might think you might be better than they are. That's not what I was talking about. From this sort are they which creep in the houses... And lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust. Wow, you don't want to mess with that verse. You'll be going against women's lib right there. You'll, you'll be upsetting the apple cart that there's silly women out there. You know most cults were started with women that were hoodwinked and converted into cults? Most cults, some of them were started by women. Mary Baker, Glover, Patterson, Eddie, Helen White, I could go on. Why? Because they were sucked in by these false prophets that were out there. Television ministry today in 2022 is doing the same thing with a lot of people. Prosperity gospel is hot on the topic today. You get more you give, the better you'll get back. You want to be blessed? 
There's some churches out there. There's one guy running 40,000 people in his service. That if you're right with God, you'll be rich. I wonder where I've been these last 59 years. I've been rich other ways. Amen. I, I got some of the best friends in the world. I can sleep in bed at night with peace. I know where I'm going when I die. And you know, I, I've, I've gotten above that because every day since I've been saved, I look at my window in the morning and at night and I say, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And throughout my ministry, as I travel as an evangelist, I try to spread that around to the congregations. Look for Jesus to come. That's where the riches are. Don't expect to die, expect to be lifted up. And if he died, that's just a, a different way of getting in there. But it'll be painless and peaceful when you welcome into the glory by the angels of God. Amen? You looking forward to that? Yeah. All right, let's read on. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Education, education, education. This kind of a degree, that degree. You got some degrees too, don't you? You're, you're a PhD. That means a Polish. <laughs> I got some degrees. I got, I got a wall. My uh, daughter fixed it up for me and put some of my degrees on there. And I sit in my office desk and I look at that and say, you big phony you. What good is all that doing? That's paper behind glass. Get out there, you lazy Polish evangelist, and do something for the Lord. It don't mean anything. It's just something to brag on. Now, Janus and Jambres withstood Moses. So these also that resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifested unto all men, as theirs also was. In other words, as born-again believers... And we stay in the Word of God and we serve the Lord Jesus and realize the possession that we have of the Holy Ghost in our soul, we're going to be able to know these people. We're going to know what they're up to. Amen? We're not going to be tricked by their, their philosophies and their false doctrine like so many are today. And then one more verse. Verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse Deceiving and being deceived. Deception is so real today. You got to be so careful when someone knocks on your door. You don't know what they're peddling. And it's harder today for Christians even to go out and pass out tracks and knocks on doors because people are afraid to open the doors. They don't know if you're a JW or a moron, excuse me, Mormon. They don't know that. They don't know if you're going to break in. So we have to really stand in his light and identify ourselves by the way we live, basically. Note in chapter 4 and verse 2. Preach the word. Be instant in season. Out of season. When you're ready or when you're ready not. In season, out of season. 
Reprove. Those words aren't fitting for someone that wants to be nice all the time. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. That means to build up with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come, and I want to talk about that time. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That time is here, ladies and gentlemen. They will not endure it. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. There's a religious ear infection going on. The teachers or the preachers that stand in pulpit want to hear the good stuff, the compliments, and the people want to have their ears tickled out in the congregation. Ear infection. They need a, what do they call it, an ENT? Ears, nose, and throat doctor. Jesus is that doctor. He'll clear up your ear. He'll let you know what to hear and what not to hear. Don't agree with everything. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. I know some Christians that have turned their ears to fables. They're reading the wrong things. They're going the wrong place. They're hearing the wrong things and believing the wrong things. They're falling from the faith. It affects families. It affects neighbors and friends and church people. These last days. In 2 Thessalonians, turn there please. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. It keeps me out of trouble that way. Verses 1 to 3, 2 Thessalonians. Finally, brethren. That's like pulling the cord. Finally. This is it. The finale. Pray for us. That the word of the Lord may have free course. And be glorified even as it is written. Even as it is written. Notice verse 11. I got the wrong chapter. Dummy. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm an old man, you know. Have a little, little, little grace and pity. All right. It's, well, forget it. Got the wrong chapter. Turn to 2 Peter 3.17. That'll get me out of hot water. Hey, I've given you more scripture now than most preachers in the lifetime. There's so many phony balloons out there, it's bad for lunch meat. Turn to 2 Peter 3.17. Ye therefore, brethren, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the air of the wicked... Fall from your own steadfastness. One I've seen over these last 59 years, so many different changes. It's not the same picture of Christianity it was when I started preaching. I remember great revival meetings. I remember altars filled with people. I remember invitation services lasting 45 minutes. I held a revival up in Michigan. We had 60 people saved that night. You don't see that anymore. How many people you see getting saved in our churches today? Well, we get comfortable and say, oh, well, it's another service. The music was good. We ought to be so concerned and be praying that God will send lost souls here. Amen. And that God's people need revival in their life. 
We, we get used to things, ladies and gentlemen. It's like sitting home and having the same food every week, the same meal. Well, today's spaghetti day. And for us Polish people, today's sauerkraut and kibasi day. And for you hippie people, well, today's a smoked beans and pork hawks. We got our certain days, don't we? God help us. That we don't get used to Jesus and his word and the preaching and sitting in the pews. I'm just as guilty. I always sit in that same pew back there where my wife sits all the time. You better not go there when I'm here. You know why? Because it's the closest to the restroom. I got to go 15 times a day. That's my burden, I guess. But I go. I don't want to wear diapers. You know, old men wear diapers. And when it gets to that day, that's it. I'm finished. (laughs) And for those that are wearing them here this morning, I apologize to you. Fall from your own steadfastness. Well, I can't be moved. I'm a strong, independent, fundamental Baptist preacher. Nothing can move me. You want to bet? The devil has a lot of tools that can move you from your steadfastness if you're not careful. And if we could have a testimony right now, just about every one of us will raise our hand and say, there was a time I didn't realize his tool was working on me. But grow in grace, Peter said. We're to grow, not groan, we're to grow. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him to be glory both now and forever. Amen. Now to spend our whole day praising the Lord. I got one of those stupid cell phones. I really hate the thing. But I got it fixed up on every hour. The church bells start ringing, so it reminds me to praise the Lord. And so wherever I'm at, out loud, praise the Lord. We need reminders because we have a lot of interference. Notice back in 2 Timothy chapter 3. In the last days, know this also, perilous times shall come. What are you talking about the last days? We're talking about the days we're living in, folks. You realize we're in the last days, maybe the last hours? I really believe Jesus Christ is coming real soon in an imminent way. Well, you don't realize that. (laughs) You're just blown wind. You've been talking about that for 59 years. Yeah, I'm guilty. I've been talking about him coming for 59 years. And I know right now he's coming sooner than he was 59 years ago. (laughs) And I'm stupid. So what? I'm proud of it. But I got news for you. I've taken a good look through the entire book and what's going on around me and what I've seen change. Listen, brother, he's coming real soon. And you better wake up and lift up your heart and lift up your prayers. We're living in perilous times. 
dangerous times, hazardous times. In Jude, verse 18, it says, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last days who should walk after their own godly lusts. If you have any kind of inkling, you watch television, you get on uh, the newspapers. Man, I'll tell you, the worst enemy of America is the media. They're destroying the minds of people in our nation. You take the media and you take Washington, D.C., brother, we're in trouble. Corruptness, evil, seducers. This nation has never been so divided as it is today. There are people that won't talk to you because they're of a different political party. That's ridiculous. And they're blood related. That's terrible. If you're persecuted, it ought to be because you're a Christian, not because you're a Republican or a Democrat. Amen? Because you're a Christian. Because you live for the Lord. So we're living in perilous times. Verse 2, we're living in personal times. Personal times. For men shall be loves of their own selves. Selfishness. Me, 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 me. Narcissistic type attitudes. I want everything for myself. Covetous, that means greedy and, and selfish. Boasters. Look what I got. Oh, I got a new this, a new that. Well, when you hit my age, everything's old. Ready for the flea market. But it's mine, what's left. And I thank Jesus every night. Everything I have, Lord, I owe it all to you. How miraculous you take care of Mrs. Wojnarowski and me. When I don't have two nickels rubbed together, I end up with two quarters. That's how good the Lord is. He takes care of his brats. I mean, kids. Brat. I'm a brat. I don't deserve even to stand in this pulpit here. But I'm the only one in here right now. I belong to Jesus. He allowed me to preach through all these circumstances, through 15 different presidents, seven different wars. The week I was born, the Nazis invaded Poland and bound it. And from then on, my life has been nothing but a bunch of wars. Battling the devil. Battling the flesh. Battling controversy. I never really had a honeymoon as a preacher. But I will someday when I'm with the bridegroom. And I'm part of his bride. Amen. Some golden daybreak. It's coming soon. You better wake up. The Bible tells us how many people are going to be caught. Unaware. When Jesus comes. We're living in personal times. of Egotism and, and selfishness. Greediness. We're living in paganistic times. Verse 2. False accusers. Incontinent fierce. Despisers of those that are good. Do you know there's people out there that hate you for being a Christian? We like to take all the persecution and go over to India or Pakistan or Africa 
or some of the Indonesian countries that say they're being persecuted over there. A lot of people in Turkey and Russia were put to death for their faith. And they were of different kind of denominations. They weren't Baptists necessarily. But real persecution is here, you know. How, how we're being persecuted and nailed to the cross by our inconsistency, by our cowardness, by our silence. We're letting people walk all over us. By having family members that you love and you're afraid to mention Jesus around them because they might not ask you over for a slice of white meat turkey. So you keep your mouth shut at Christmas when you hand them a gift, but the greatest gift you got is to tell them about Jesus. How many of you have lost loved ones right now? Raise your hand. Lost? Look at that. You could fill this church up twice. I won't ask you to raise your hand again, but how many of you have never really told him how to get to heaven? Isn't that a shameful thing? Isn't that persecution that you're afraid to open your mouth about wonderful Jesus? Isn't he wonderful? That's his name, the wonderful counselor, the almighty God, the prince of peace. He's wonderful. People are, rather than talk about the wonderful Jesus, what's this snake here? They're turning to the world wide web for all their answers, all their knowledge, all their smartness. And I'm going to tell you something about the world wide web. There's a big spider there, and he's making meat out of a lot of people. We're nothing but spider bait when we depend on the world to educate us instead of God's holy word. You know that? You're nothing but spider bait. If you got a web, you got a big spider. Oh, weren't we better off when all we had was an old-fashioned radio standing about that high and to listen to the Lone Ranger? And you had a telephone. Our kids come in our house. I still got a phone on the wall. And the little ones, the little rugrats come in. My great-grandchildren say, What's that? What is that? They don't even know it's a phone. Grandpa, what's that? We were better off when we had that phone. As long as you didn't have some dumb party line on there. (laughs) Boy, you, you get a party line on there with two women talking. Forget it. Go outside in the street, wait for the paramedics. You'll never get a blood transfusion. We're better off. But things have changed. Everything is electronic. Somebody kicked the plug out of the wall. We're in bad shape. Paganistic times. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Proverbs 14, 9, fools make a mock of sin. We're living in perverted times, beyond natural affection. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Man, these are scary verses, I'm telling you. My Bible today is more fresh and up to date than all the Cleveland plain dealers put together. That plain dealer is nothing but a rag. It really is. I only get one a week, and that's for... The obituary column. I want to see if anybody I know died. 
Kind of morbid, isn't it? But I look every week, and when I get down to the W's, I don't see no Wojnarowski. I didn't make it this week. There's nothing worth looking at. My Cleveland Indians are gone. I'm done with sports. I want nothing to do with it. Stubborn? Yeah. Chapter 1, verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever? Amen. That's talking about the Lord God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, my dear Papa who sits on the throne waiting to send his only begotten son to get us. Go get him. Go get him. The spiritual and the carnal, get him. Everyone that's saved is going to get caught by Jesus. No saved person goes to hell. Never. But they'll be ashamed of themselves when they go and stand before the throne. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use that which is against nature. That's talking about the, the rainbow gang. Women that are with women and men with men. Against nature. It's against nature. God created a man and a woman. Nothing else. He created an elephant and an ape and a tiger, but nothing else. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the women burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Amen. Now you got a bunch of people running around with the monkey pox. I used to like monkeys until they came out with that. And it's men with men. The news media ought to stress that, but they won't. Because they got, probably got some monkey pox sitting in the studios. The wicked, perverted times we're living in. Now they're teaching that garbage in elementary schools to kids that you can be whatever you want. You don't have to obey God. You can be something else that's male, not male and female. I attest that in the name of Jesus. And it's affecting homes and families. God help us. We're living in the last days, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus said in the scriptures that it's worse than Sodom and Gomorrah, Tyre and Sidon and Capernaum. And what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? God burned them to extinction. You think he's any less of a God today that he's going to tolerate this perverted time we live in? And we're living in persecuting times. False accusers, fierce despisers of those that are good. Look at our young people today, how they're influenced. You know, it all boils down to this. I told my daughter-in-law this morning, you are who you hang around with. If you got some funny screwed up kid that your kids are running around with, warn them. 
that's not the kind of friends they need. Because it's popular in school, you want to be popular, so you blend in with the crowd. And the crowd is all messed up. They come out of homes where there's no Jesus. God help us. We sit around with our King James Bibles and we sing praises unto the Lord and we don't do nothing when we get out of church. We're watching our families fall apart. We're in the last days. I say, when are you going to be done, preacher? When I'm done. Right now I'm dry. We're living in pleasureful times. But forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is so much the, uh, and but exhorting one another, and so much the more. Steve, as you see the day approaching, what day? Everybody right now is getting ready for Halloween to worship the devil, but Jesus is coming. He might surprise them on, on the 30th of October when they're all dressed up in their ghoulie outfits. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Help every Christian in this room to pray that every day. You have not because you ask not. I believe if every born-again Christian on this planet, in this country, stood up and said, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, he would come. He'll come at the appointed time when the Father turns and says, go get him. But we don't seem excited about it. We're living in persuasive times. Verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. What did it say? From such, turn away. Time of cults and religions, deception. Ephesians 5.16 said, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. It's only a wonderful day when you wake up when Christ is your Lord and Savior and you're on speaking terms. And you don't have a whole pile of unconfessed sins laying around collecting dust. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. It's all around us. You're not safe in your home anymore. That's why you're wearing masks and gloves. You don't want to get someone's sickness. I wonder who touched that before I touched it. Venereal diseases are on the uprise. Sicknesses. Polluted times. Post six. Polluted with... Cult creepers. They sneak into the house. They creep into the houses. Leading captive silly women with sins. Led away with divers lust. Every day some new cult starting somewhere. How about all the churches taking Baptists off of their buildings? And they're going under generic names. The church. The book. The worship house. When they used to be a Baptist. Why are people ashamed to be a Baptist? 
I know one, one Baptist got his head cut off for being a Baptist. Yeah. A dear friend of Jesus himself. I'm not a Baptist because I got saved by the Baptists. I'm a Baptist because they're preaching the word of God in their house. And if they're not preaching, I'll go somewhere else. And I'm so particular, it better be that old King James Bible. I don't want all these Mickey Mouse new translations, M-I-C-K-Y-M-O-U-S-C. I don't want that. I don't want to have to wonder what that really means. And if I don't understand it, I wait till the Holy Ghost gives me an understanding. We can't get back to the old things. Things have changed. Now you got churches where you're sitting there and smoke is coming out all over. I was sitting down there my, my daughter's church there and smoke's coming out. I thought place was on fire. I was going to grab my wife and get out of there. Well, that, that gives an enhancement, you know, nice purple lights on the wall, smoke coming out. Song leaders standing up there playing rock music. Man, I could go to a bar and find all that. The smoke would be from tobacco. Dry ice. Let's bear with people. You say, I don't like that. I haven't had smoke in my church. Fine, I hope you choke. I don't want no smoke in my church. I want to hear the word of God. I want to see Christians get on their knees. I want to see unsafe people invited, brought to the altar. I want to see those water stirred in the baptistry. I don't want no fungus among us. I don't want no scum on the water. I want that water to move for the glory of God. See, you're old-fashioned. Yeah, I'm going to die that way. An old geezer that's old-fashioned and don't care what you think. What can you do to me? You look stupid beating up an old man. I'd have the pity of the, the lowest people on earth if you've tried to beat me up. And you could, my wife can beat me up. I, she does it once a week whether I need it or not. I was going to enter into the wrestling ring over there and make some money for us. We're living in polluted times, brother. We're living in psychological times. Preachers explaining and interpreting in a psychological way, praying to get to the minds of people. We need to get to their hearts. Let the psychiatrists and psychologists do that. As preachers, we need to get to the hearts and not the mind. Feel good religion. Man, there's things in the Bible I don't feel good about. It's detrimental to the flesh. Thoughts of people going to hell. I don't feel good about that. They're going to burn for eternity. I don't feel good about that. I don't feel good about sinning and then I'm convicted through the Holy Ghost. Why did you do that? You should know better. You've been saved all these years. Why did you say something so stupid like that? It's carnal and it's worldly. Because of this old flesh. Thank God I'm going to get a new body glorified like Jesus' resurrection body. You got one coming too. You wonder what you're going to look like? Whatever it is, it's better than what you look like now. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, I wonder if we're all going to be 33-year-old men. That's not a stag club. We're not going to a stag club. 
I didn't marry my wife. We'll be married 63 years in February. I didn't marry her to have a guy walking around having a name Carolyn. That's stupid. That's wondering which came first, the chicken or the egg. I don't care as long as they're frying to my taste. <laughs> Amen? Well, where did, where did uh, Cain and Abel get their wives from? None of your business. <laughs> People locked into those kind of things. That's why Christianity today is full of psychologists and not old-fashioned preachers. 1 Timothy 2.4 said, Who having all men to be saved, and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. It's God's will that everybody would save, be saved, long as not, the Lord is not slack. He wants all men to be saved, 2 Peter 3.9. Not willing that any should perish. Anybody who goes to hell, Jesus didn't want him going there. <coughs> Look at Romans 13, 11. And that knowing the time. Do you know the time? Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't worry about things like that. That knowing the time. That it is high time to wake out of sleep. We got a lot of Christians that are snoring their way out into eternity. And you know what causes that insomnia and that sleepiness and your lack of in the Word of God? Every day you ought to eat out of this. Every day. You go to your GE and your Amanda and, and your Frigidaire and you open the handle and you look in and you say, Oh, that looks good, but I'm not going to eat it. You dummy. You go there to get something to eat. Your fingerprints are all over the handle on your isobox. But are they on the Word of God? You don't read your Bible every day. Yeah, I told people, I said, you don't have to sit down and read five chapters, wear yourself out. Just take one verse, a Snickers break. Just have a Snickers break. Get a taste for the Word of God every day. Well, I don't have time for it. You don't understand. Make time. Make time. You'd be surprised. One verse, what it can do for you. I've preached over 25,000 sermons, and I got it just from one verse a lot of times, most of the times. Knowing the time that is high time to wake out of sleep for now is our salvation. Nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. That's a command to us, ladies and gentlemen. That's not talking to lost people. That's talking to saved people, knowing the time. Lost people have no light. You're living in darkness spiritually. That's why you need to be saved. I'd be afraid to walk out of this building today if I wasn't saved. I remember a guy come in on a motorcycle. I was preaching down in Akron, Ohio, and he come in on a motorcycle, and he sat over there. He was sneering at me about where this young man's sitting over here. And I went up to him during the invitation. And I said, you know, I don't know what you're sneering about, but you know, you need to be saved. He said, well, I'm not ready. He said, when I'm ready, I'll think about it. I said, you sure you want to leave with that attitude? He said, yeah, that's right. He said, I'm not trying to be smart, but when I'm ready, 
He got killed on his motorcycle that afternoon. He was dead. Went to hell. As far as I know. I was preaching in another church down in Lodi, Ohio. And the song leader was up there singing. What was that song again? I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away. That afternoon he took a truck out to get some building supplies. He was crossing railroad tracks. And a train hit him in the truck. He flew out of the windshield 20 feet and was dead. Well, he flew away all right. You don't know when it's your time. Just go down to the hospital. You'll find a lot of bodies with a tag on their toe. Some smart aleck young person thinks they can handle drugs. They're gone. I have a father here who's whose own son died from an overdose. A young man we loved deeply. I did his funeral. The hardest funeral I ever preached at. When I was done with the funeral, I had a heart attack. It was so hard on me. I ended up in the hospital. Didn't even get a chance to go to the grave. People are dying all the time. You raise a young daughter, a young son, and... You end up burying them because they hung around with the wrong crowd that didn't love Jesus. First Thessalonians 5 T, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of our Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. That's when you lock your doors at night. Thieves like to go around in the dark and break in. They know how to get through a screen door, they know how to get through a window. They got tools for that. They know how to get in your car. Just, and they're in there. Change the wire a little bit, and off they're going. As a thief in the night. What's so significant about that? It's sudden. It happens when you're unaware. We're living in the last days, ladies and gentlemen. Colossians 4, 3, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. That means buying it back. Time is precious. 2 Peter 3, 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. People making fun of Christianity. Make, you turn television on, they, they make fun of God, they make fun of Jesus, they make fun of the Bible. Politicians mocking fundamentalists and Christian people. And some dumb head will go vote for them. They believe in killing babies. Some dumb head will go vote for them. Why are people so dumb? Why would you want to vote for someone that would kill babies? Those little boys and girls that were conceived. Chop them up, burn them out with with acids, cut them up with a surgeon's scalpel, throw them in the rubbish, choke them. Bad enough people are cruel to animals. You kill pups and cats, but people. You know why we don't have more preachers running around? We don't have more good politicians? Why we don't have better teachers than that? Because we're killing them all off. Evil. Evil times. 
these last days. And I need to throw something at me. I'm going to ruin their spirituality. I'm keeping you too late. Well, let me close with this. Old Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. You know, that, that poor prophet, he preached all his life, never saw someone get saved. That we know of. Does that bother you? You never saw someone get saved? Humbly, I say, and it was all the Lord's doing, I've seen thousands come to Christ. Not me, but Jesus saving them. But you know, Jim, I believe if every Christian in America just led one person to Christ during their Christian life, we'd have a great revival in this nation. Because that one person would lead one person to Christ. And it would go on. And our churches would be packed. There'd be chairs down. There'd be construction outside to build a bigger auditorium. I believe that. I'm naive enough to believe that. Jeremiah said in 820, the harvest is past. No more picking the crops. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. That's sobering, isn't it? You went through a whole time of planning and reaping, and summer's gone, and we're looking at that now being in September, and yet we are not saved. That's tragic. That your brother and your sister and your niece and your nephew and your aunt and your uncle, even me, your old grandma, even your mom and dad, even your husband, even your children, are not saved. You say, preacher, under all these negative things you talked about and all these kinds of things that are going on in these last days and the coming of Christ is so close, what are we to do? How can we walk out of these doors on a positive note after what you just said? What I just said is not popular today. Oh, here they come. I was going to start doing the polka. Now you go back in 1960, 1950, and boy, preachers were pumping this stuff out like crazy. And I remember old-fashioned evangelists coming to the church. I used to be that way. Ask my wife. One time I dove off a six-foot platform. Both knees were at my throat. I mean, I was out there barnstorming. And people were getting saved. I really put a lot of physicalness. Right now, I'm going to need about three pints of blood. What are we going to do? With this kind of a message. How should we lead this church today? Well, the answer is in Psalm 118, verse 24. It says, this is the day that the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. In spite of the devil going crazy. In spite of this world so evil. In spite of people just thinking out of their minds. 
We know that we're going to see Jesus real soon. Rejoice and be glad in it. That you're saved. That you're born again. That your name is written down. Even Wojnarowski spelled right. In the Lamb's book of life. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. Look within. Look within. How serious are you realizing that you're living in the very last days or day of the coming of the Lord to get out of this old world They preach, I know one thing today, before I even know how to spell my name and name all my grandkids, I know one thing today. When I die, not to my doing, but I know I'm saved. I know I'm washed in the blood. I don't deserve it, but I know I'm saved. Will you slip your hand up? Slip your hand up and say, praise the Lord. You say, preacher, I was hesitant. Or I couldn't lift up my hand. Or I'm not sure. Or I'm troubled with sin. I'm lazy. I've forgotten to get into the Word of God. I've been taking life too easy. Preacher, pray for me. I need the Lord. I need an old-fashioned revival in my life. Or I know for sure I need to be saved. No one's looking around. Would you slip your hand up for prayer? Just hold it up and put it down. Just put it up and put it down. You really care. These times and days we're living in. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Lord, I've done my job. This could be my last sermon I'll ever preach because of my health. But Lord, I'm willing to do it for you through your power and your strength. I thank you for giving me that today. I ask your blessings. I have souls come to this altar today to bring you praise and prayer and thanksgiving and to answer their needs in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. As Brother Jim leads us in an invitation song, would you come? God bless you.